Hi there, this is Ellis Starr with your Key Races and Bets podcast for Saturday, December 2nd, 2023. This Key Races and Bets podcast, as always, is brought to you by amwager.com, A-M-W-A-G-E-R.com, a great legal online wagering website. Amwager.com has some good tools and perks for the better and is legal for residents of most states in the U.S. and covers most tracks in North America as well as many around the world. Check it out at amwager.com. You can also get the written version of this podcast, the Key Races and Bets blog, totally free at amwager.com. Clicking on How to Bet and Ellis Starr's blog. We're going to start with the first of or three of four races on today's blog. Some great podcast and blog with some great Stakes races at Aqueduct, starting with the Demoiselle Stakes, race 7 at Aqueduct, Saturday, December 2nd, post of 2.45. The win contenders in this race are, most of all, Ringing Dingy and Shimmering Allure, and there are two vulnerable favorites in Life Talk and Caldwell Loves Gold. And let's start with why the first and third Marine Line favorites are vulnerable, which sets the race up for some nice overlays from fair odds on the three win contenders. Life Talk opens at 8-5, to five, favored because... Of her fourth place, a finish of 12 four weeks ago in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies. But so what? She was 21 to 1 in that race. She never threatened. Before that, she was third at 9 to 5 in the Frisette with no excuse. She may be dropping from grade 1 to grade 2, but a Breeders' Cup Echo Base figure of 88 isn't superior to at least what four other horses here have done recently. And the only reason I think that Life Talk opens at low odds is the perceived class drop with Iran Ortiz riding for Todd Pletcher. Caldwell loves gold who opens as the third choice, won the first two starts of her career in July and August, then finished second and third. The last three races were in stakes, but they were in New York bred stakes. This is an open grade two in her last two races. She ran evenly in the stretch, second and second, then fourth and third, with nothing special about her to make her a strong contender. The fact she owns a 9-2 is mostly because she's trained by Brad Cox. Now let's get to the contenders. The top contender here is most of all, and she opens at ridiculously high odds of 15-1. to She's trained by Bill Mott, who won the 2019 Dem as well with Lake Avenue off a similar 10-plus length maiden win. Another Mott trainee finished second in this race in 2020 off a maiden win, and that was behind champion Malathot, so no disgrace at all. Not only does Bill Mott know when his young horses can make the jump into stakes races, the race this filly ran on October 20th was exceptional as she stalked in second early and geared down easily at the end. She could have run much faster than she did and she earned an 86 Echo Bay speed figure, which is the second best last race figure in the field to Let's Talk, who I think is suspect, as I mentioned earlier. Jose Ortiz gets on as Junior Alvarado moves to Shimmering Allure, who he rode to victory last month. That makes sense, but there's no problem with Ortiz and Mott because they've teamed up to win a decent number of races the past two years. Ringy Dingy is the only horse in this field to have one round two turns, doing so in October in a stakes at Delaware Park. She won a sprint before that with an 83 figure, then with a lower 76 figure in that two-turn race, but could have run faster as she too didn't have to run hard in the final 16th, just like most of all, based on her six-length margin of victory at the wire. Better still, Ringy Dingy is a full sister to Defunded who earned $1.6 million and was a multiple stakes winner, who had no issue with nine furlongs, the distance of this race. Training Danny, trainer Danny Gargan trains Ringing Ding as well as Doorknock in the upcoming Remsen Stakes Race 9, and Gargan won the 22 Remsen with Dubby Nell, so knows how to get his two-year-olds ready to run at this top level. Sherming Allure won the Tempted Stakes over the track last month, and two before that won nicely as well. Both were one-turn miles, and in her only two-turn race, in between the wins, she finished fourth in the Grade 1 Alcibiades at Keeneland, 
a race in which she broke slowly to be last of eight, lost some position, and a race which ends at the first finish line at Keeneland, which she won't have a problem here because this uses the full stretch. Junior Alvarado rode Sherman Allure for the first time in the Tempted and appears to pick her to ride over most of all, so that's a good sign as well. In the Tempted, Sherman Allure earned a career-best 85 figure, as good as most of all's 86 in her last start, so there's little doubt Sherman Allure has a shot here too. In the Demoiselle Stakes, race 7 at Aqueduct Post, 245 Eastern, Saturday, 12-2. I think all three contenders are evenly matched and have about the same probability to win. So my plan, and I think everybody's plan should be, to consider betting any of the three to win at 5-2 or better. Now, there's no doubt most of all is going to be above that odds because she opens at 15. And among Ringy and Sherman Galore, I think the one with the highest odds of the two should be another win bet. We can easily bet two in this race. And if we do, because there's a lot of value in this race with bad favorites, I think a dutching tool will really help maximize our edge. A dutching tool prorates your wagers, and there's a free one at Amager.com that allows you to set the amount you want to bet in total and prorates the money among two or three horses. It's just a, one of many tools and benefits available for racing fans at Amwager.com. For the exacta, we're going to box most of all Ringy Dingy and Shimmery Allure. We're going to take out the first and third betting favorites and hope to make a lot of money. Moving down a couple of races to race nine, the Remsen Six, the male champion two-year-old race for Aqueduct's Fall Meet with a post time of 3.45 Eastern. Although the win contenders, by the way, are Sierra Leone and Dornock. And although Dornock is the one to beat, as and as of now, the fastest horse in the field, there's a lot to be said for Sierra Leone, whose debut effort four weeks ago was a sight to behold. In that race, at a mile around one turn here at Aqueduct, Sierra Leone showed a ton of physical and, more importantly, mental ability. Started in fifth and sixth of the first six furlongs, forced to idle behind a wall of horses in the stretch. Then, Manny Franco pulled him hard right. Not he swerved, he actually pulled him hard right for a clear path. And although Sierra Leone was a bit green, didn't know exactly what to do, and swerving all over the place, he inhaled the three horses in front of him to win without much encouragement from the jock at all. Since then, he put in a spectacular workout with Chad Brown's other horse, Domestic Product, running the second fastest half mile of the day among 112 workouts at the distance. Jose Ortiz takes over for Franco, who moves to Brown's other horse, Domestic Product. And considering Ortiz and Brown have won a sparkling 42% of the time at Aqueduct the past two years, that gives us confidence that Sierra Leone is going to run even better off the experience of a race. And there's no doubt of handling nine furlongs because he's a son of Gunrunner. Dornock is the only other horse in the race I think can win. Between the two of them, they have a big bulk of the probability to win. And I doubt very much he will go off anywhere near his 5-2 morning line. He's a full brother to Kentucky Derby winner Mage. He finished second in his first two starts, the second at two-turn stakes, before moving down to the maiden ranks and winning easily with a graded stakes quality 101 echo based speed figure no other horse in the field has come close to. <clears throat> with a three-post position, it's likely that Luis Saez will put Darnock on the lead just as he did in that maiden win. And considering how fast Dornak ran and the improvement which is expected, he'd be no surprise to win. But therefore, even if so, a poor win bet because of low odds. But he's an absolute must-to-use on a double and pick three tickets as well in the win position on exact and trifecta tickets. In the Remsen, race 9 at Aqueduct, post 345 Eastern. I'll bet Sierra Leone 2-1 to one or more because I don't think Dornock's going to be 2-1, to one, but that's his fair odds, it's 2-1. to one. And I'm only going to box Sierra Leone and Dornock. Now, you could play at exacta of Sierra Leone and Dornock overall and maybe get a price, and you can play a trifecta of Sierra Leone and Dornock overall over Sierra Leone and Dornock, which is another option. 
Moving on to race 10, the big one of the day, the Cigar Mile Handicap, post 412 Eastern. The top winners in this race are Accretive, Dr. Ardito, and Ever So Mischievous. Now, there's a vulnerable favorite in this race, which is really odd. Again, Senior Bruscoder opens at 7-2. I don't know why. It's really anyone's guess. He comes out of the Breeders' Cup Classic, where he finished 7th at 30-1. to He's won two of six other races this year, and he won the one-turn ACAC stakes 14 months ago, like this one-turn mile. But although his best race is competitive, it's no better or worse than many others. And he's never in an aqueduct. Although Accredo was just slightly higher at 4-1, to one, he's a much higher probability horse to run well. And I think the, if the public bets Senor Buscador, as the morning line suggests, it opens the race for a nice profit, especially if he doesn't finish the top three, which I think will be the case. Accretive gets slight preference among three contenders, the other two, Dr. Ardido and Ever So Mischievous, because of a common race handicapping theory, which has a good deal of success over the years. Three horses, these three horses all came out of the 49er stakes. The theory states that when two or three horses finish close together in a previous race, often their positions can be reversed in the next time they meet and maybe better prices. This theory has a lot of value in handicapping in this year's Cigar Mile because although he was third beaten a half length at the finish, a creative might have won the 49er if not for what occurred at the start. When the gate opened, a creator broke just a bit to his right and a bit slowly it almost veered into the horse that's outside of him. I ran Ortiz Jr. had to correct Accretive to his left, and in doing so, Accretive lost a couple lengths. Finding himself four back after a half mile, as compared to within a half length in his two previous victories this year, Accretive was also forced to go five wide on the turn. Nevertheless, he fought gamely, got within a half a length of the lead with yards to go, but that expenditure of energy early cost him, and he was passed late for second by a nose by Dr. Ardito. Prior to the 49er, Accretive earned a career-best 110 equity speed figure when beaten just a length and a half by Cody's Wish in the Vosburg. And considering Cody's Wish put on a show to win the Breeders' Cup Dirt and Mile in his next start after the Vosburg, we can conclude that Accretive is going to run the best of his career with a clean start, and it looks like the one to beat in the Cigar Mile, but just by a little bit. Dr. Ardito found himself 11 lengths behind in the early, the early leaders after a half mile in the 49er and 10 lengths behind eventual winner Ever So Mischief. However, jockey Manny Franco, who's now ridden the horse of 11 of his 12 career starts, got Dr. Ardito to pick up the pace on the far turn, getting to within four lengths at that stage. And after running five wide on the turn, he put in a visually expressive late run, impressive late run, to come up just a half length short, earning a 103 equibase speed figure, just one point shy of the winner. Dr. Ardito truly loves Aqueduct, where he's won five of seven, finished second in the other two, the fastest of which earned a 107 figure, which is higher than the career-best 104 ever so mischief earned in the 49er, and not so far from Accretive's 110 career-best. Certainly, if the pace is fast as it was in the 49er, Dr. Ardito has a chance to run past the field and win. Now, there's no real knocking ever so mischievous, but he's probably going to be the lowest odds of the trio. He's won four of six races, finished second in the other two. His equibase speed figures have improved consistently all season, from 97 in June to 98 in August and 99 in September to 104 in the 49er. In the 49er, Ever so mistress moved up from second, engaged in a three-horse battle on the turn before emerging with a half-length margin and held that margin gamely to the wire. As a three-year-old, Ever so mistress still has improving to do and as such has every right to win his second greatest stakes in a row. So in the Cigar Mile Handicap, race 10 at Aqueduct with the post of 412 Eastern. I'm going to bet a creed of a two-to-one or more. And then I'm considered Dr. Ardito and Ever so mistress of five-to-two or more. And this is another race where the free dutching tool in Amway really helps maximize profit when betting more than one horse to win. 
For the exacta, we're going to box a creed of Dr. Ardito and Ever So Mischievous. And then we're going to play a trifecta of Dr. Ardito, Accretive, Ever So Mischievous, over all over Dr. Ardito, Accretive, and Ever So Mischievous. When we play this exacta and trifecta combination together, we win if any two of the three finish first and second or first and third. And if all three finish first, second, and third, we win both the exacta and the trifecta. Don't forget, you can get the written version of this Key Races and Bets podcast, aptly named the Key Races and Bets blog, totally free at amwager.com, A-M-W-A-G-E-R.com. Click on How to Bet and All the Stars blog. If you're not a member, while you're there, check it out. You'll be really happy you did. I'll be betting there all weekend. I hope you will as well. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next week.